Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, once again to another show. This is the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF, and we are coming to you live on Tuesday night. It is uh, November the 30th, the last day in November, getting ready going to December. As you guys know, December is a huge sports month because we're rolling with the uh, NFL, getting ready for the playoffs. Teams are starting to really show their identity. We're going to get ready to find out who's going to make the playoffs. And, of course, we're getting into the NBA action as well. So we're going to be talking a lot about that in the month of December. We want to close out the month of November with a big bang. So welcome, everyone, to the RF Sports Radio Show. If you're new to the show, you're tuning in for the first time. And if you're listening to us live right now, make sure you call in, voice your opinions at any time if you hear anything at all that that you want to comment on. And that number is 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. If you're downloading the show, if you want to download the show at a later date, always go to iTunes and download RF Sports Radio or go to blogtalkradio.com slash RF Sports. Download us there. Follow us on the blog. And our blog is rfsportsradio.blogspot.com. That's rfsportsradio.blogspot.com. we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. So without further ado, let's bring on our co-host real quick, our co-pilot here. Uh, Royce, welcome to the program. How you doing tonight? Well, hey, right now, how's it going? Go, man. Like they took a page out of the Rangers playbook. It's something to get excited about. I'm excited about the math. Man, they've been on the road lately. Yeah, How about the I math? agree with you. We're going to talk a lot of math tonight, too, Royce. I mean, we like, got to talk about them in the Miami Heat, the big stories that came out of that game. Of course, there was the infamous game now where the bump between LeBron James and Coach Eric Spolstra happened. We were there. We were live. We got the the first uh, reaction from both the coach and LeBron. So you guys can hear that interview in its entirety tonight. And of course, the Mavs keep rolling. They won four out of five last week against some top teams. Then they go to uh, uh, last night and win against the Houston Rockets, a team that's struggling, but it's one of those games, Royce, where it's a catch game. You know, you beat all the top teams, San Antonio, you beat uh, New Orleans, you beat Miami, and then you get a team like Houston that's a, a, a sub-part team, but that's a trap game, though, right? Yeah, you're right. You know, in order to get to the playoffs, you got to go go through Texas first. Especially the Mavs, they got to go through San Antonio and go through Houston. And uh, Houston is no joke. I mean, you know, I know this team's kind of beat up a little bit. They miss, yeah, you know I mean, but uh, it's still a dangerous team. It's one of those games you have to win, especially at home oh, yeah. game. And they came in without no Yao Ming, without Aaron Brooks, and the Mavs were able to pull out that game as well, too. So we'll definitely have to talk a lot about that. We're going to get into some NFL action. We'll find out who won our picks uh, this week. Uh, we'll, be, of course, be joined by our usual uh, suspects. It'll be chosen. It'll be Rick. We'll talk about the picks we made over the weekend. And the Royals, I think you're going to be happy about these picks this time. Yeah, I think I was number one again. Well, yes, well, we'll I, see. I told you. We'll see. I, I, I told you, yeah, I, I got the broom out. I'm getting ready to sweep. The rest, of the, <laughs> okay. the rest of the 
And I plan on sweeping. Okay. Well, let's get to the top story. And uh, we actually were there for this story. Let's talk about the Mavs first. Now, the Mavs took on the Miami Heat Saturday night. It was a real electric atmosphere. The stars were out. Uh, I saw Miles Austin walking around. I saw a lot of Cowboy players walking around. I even saw Young Jeezy, of all people here for the game. He was in town for a concert. He was here sitting on the floor as well. So everybody was out. Everybody was pumped up. Uh, and the coach, the coach at the beginning of the, of the pregame show, Royce, was talking about how enthusiastic his team was and want to close out this four out of five games real close. And they were able to do that. I mean, the, the Mavs won handily 106-95. to 95. Uh, They beat the Heat. And the Heat only had three players in double figures. And we all know what three players that were. Right, yeah. But the Mavs yeah, had did. six players in double figures. They, uh, they out-rebounded the Heat. They had great defense. They even ballooned the, the score up to 17 points during the third quarter. So they actually beat them by more than that. Now, you saw this game as well, too, Russ. I mean, what what about the Mavs that you saw that was really encouraging about what they were able to do against a team like Miami? Actually, they should have won a game by 20 points. But uh, I, I, I saw a lot of defense, and I, I, I saw this team step it up. I, I tell you what, Chandler has been a force on the inside, man. We we hadn't had rebounding like that, I think, on the Mavericks team whatsoever. I mean, even his offense has gotten better. And uh, not to mention uh, Jerron Butler, he's just been – Jerron Butler, he's just been showing out lately. He's, he's been on fire. So, you know, we needed that in this organization because, you know, Dirk can't carry the load every night. So right. uh, I, we do have the big three here. I call them Jason Terry, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, and the Butler. If we get those three going, we we have the big three here and Big D. But oh, I agree. I agree. Other and than the three stars, yeah, he, 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 he was that game. He led, uh, he led the Mavericks with 23 points. Dirk had 22, and he even kept going into the uh, Monday game against the Houston Rockets. We'll talk about that performance he put on on Monday. But you're absolutely right. right. I mean, we're we're developing uh, a big three of our own. You're absolutely correct, and it's got to be Karan, it's got to be uh, Dirk, and it's got to be Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler's been huge right. for this team. Uh, all the other we played for the Mavs this season, Royce, they've all talked about how big Tyson Chandler is and how emotional yeah, he can be and how he sparks the team um, as well. We actually talked to him about that a lot um, last show, about him and how emotional he plays with. But, you know, right. the, the other story from this game was the fact that the Heat, uh, and after this game, they were actually 9-8 and eight after this game. They did win. They did beat um, Washington um, right. this week, well, in the week last night also. So they went to ten and eight, but his team was nine and eight. And uh, everyone wants to know what's wrong with the Heat, why they're not gelling. And during the fourth quarter, uh, they were getting ready to go into a timeout, and LeBron James noticeably bumped Eric Spoelstra. Uh, now, to me, it didn't look like a big deal. It was kind of a heat of the moment deal, but everybody made such a big fuss about it. Uh, wanted to know exactly what it was. Um, and Royce, well, what you saw, what do you think? You think it was a big deal? Was it just, you know, congestion? They couldn't get through, or what happened? Well, well, well you know, you never know. These, these guys, you know, they they were pretty hot about that time. But uh, other than the big three in Miami, you know, they don't have anybody else. You know, Hassler's out. Uh, he's not healthy. He's not playing. And other than that, I, I just see regular second stringers on the bench. I don't see anybody that's stepping up. It's coming off the bench to give them the support they need. But other than the big three, they really don't have anybody else. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that. Let's listen right. to some comments from Coach uh, Coach Eric Spoelstra right after the game. Uh, of course, we were live. We were there. We got this audio right after it happened. Now we asked him as a as the media. We asked him about the bump from LeBron. We asked him just about what you were talking about about the bench play and why this team is not winning. Why haven't they been able to jail? Uh, you know, so immediately with three you know all stars on their team like this. And I want everyone to listen real closely just to the comments of what Eric has to say, Coach Foster has to say real quick. Uh, this is live on the RS Sports Radio Show, Coach Eric Foster, after the heat loss and right before the players-only meeting. Right now, it's got to be painful enough. Uh, as the pain that we felt there in the fourth quarter, uh, we have to have that pain and we have to carry that with us uh, and do something about it. Uh, in other parts yeah. of the game and, and sustain it uh, to make a change. And so we uh, uh, feel that pain and, uh, and accept it enough to, to make a change. Uh, these will be uh, the results. What happened at the start of the third quarter? Well, we missed shots, uh, and that affected our, our defensive energy. And, and that will happen. Uh, at times, uh, regardless of what you do, man, zone, whatever, uh, you may miss some shots. Uh, but that cannot uh, dictate... That cannot dictate uh, your energy or your uh, disposition down on the defensive end. Uh, so uh, we had a rough start to the third quarter. We competed there at the end. I don't have a, an issue uh, with the fourth quarter and battling back, uh, but uh, we had other opportunities to keep that game close enough uh, to really have a legitimate chance to win there at the end. And you guys got back into the fight in the fourth, but during the third there were too many some frustrating moments. Yeah, yeah, that's no timeouts. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it should be. Well, I wanted to ask you about the, the, the sort of bump between you and LeBron during the timeout. I mean, did you notice that when it happened, or was it? Uh, no. Coming off, you were coming off into the court. He was coming off. You guys oh. bumped into each other. At the end of that timeout, Chris Bosh was sort of animated. Good. Yeah, I think we all were uh, in, in the timeouts, and uh, and that's the way it should be. This shouldn't uh, uh, be fun out here, uh, and it, it was painful. Uh, to go through a third quarter like that. Uh, and if guys feel that pain, good. Uh, I want them to. And, uh, again, the guys uh, in the huddles and in the fourth quarter, I don't have a problem uh, with that. There was a fight. The guys wanted to get back into the game, but, it, hey, we dug ourselves too big of a hole uh, at that point. Uh, sure, we made uh, multiple efforts uh, to stick with it and I show some resolve and still uh, battle back. Uh, but that type of spirit and competitiveness uh, we need to sustain that where that is an absolute habit uh, every single possession of the game particularly if you're trying to win in a tough uh, place like this. Could you talk a little bit about the depth, issues surrounding the depth, you got three guys really putting up some very large numbers and maybe some concerns below that. No, we got enough. Uh, we have enough. Uh, enough guys can contribute. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. Fatigue was not at all an issue in the third quarter. How do you gauge the difference between chemistry and just things that are going wrong? Like you guys still being young, trying to figure things out. Hey, we're 17 out. games in. Uh, we will figure this out. All right. Uh, the fact that uh, guys are upset o- about this—that uh, is a sign uh, to start a change. Uh, we've been knocking on this door uh, several times. Now this is six games where. Uh, you know, it comes down uh, to the end. Uh, but it's your habits of, of how you play and compete every single possession. Uh, we're not there yet, uh, but we will. Uh, the guys care in that locker room, and that's, that's a great place to start. 
any any rhyme or reason you think for the passion not coming to late? Uh, yeah, I don't know. If I uh, uh, knew that, we would have uh, been able to put together a better third quarter. Uh, the guys care. They want to make it work. Part of it, I understand, is a process. Uh, but uh, our next step forward is uh, to remember this pain uh, and uh, to transfer that uh, accordingly to uh, to our next game and every possession. Okay. Now, you guys just heard some comments live from uh, Coach Eric Spolster right after the Miami Heat lose to the uh, Dallas Mavericks to go 9-8 and eight on the season. And this is right before or during this players-only uh, meeting. Um, now, Royce, let me bring you back on real quick because you got a chance to hear this audio right here. Let me ask you real fast. I mean, you heard him talk about the bump. He didn't think it was a big deal. But one word right. he mentioned a lot during that interview was pain. He said how painful it is to lose. Right. Now, who's feeling the pain? Is it the players that he sees is, is feeling the pain, or is it him thinking that maybe he's going to lose his job pretty soon? I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. And my question is, is how soon before Pat Riley take over this team? He, uh, he, they keep losing like this, and we know it's just a matter of time. And, and, and the question is, uh, I, I think the whole team is uh, it's painful for both the coach and the players because so much was expected of this team. You know, when the, when the announcement by Le, LeBron James came, he was going, man, the expectation was so big, and he almost guaranteed them victories. Now, you know, not just one, but several. And uh, right. at the rate they're going, it'd be a long time before they get there. And I, I, I think the expectation was so high for this team, and to have the record they have now is, is really disappointing. And I tell you what, I, I can't wait till they go to Cleveland. I guarantee you LeBron James will, will, have to, will carry this team uh, not to lose in Cleveland uh, tomorrow, we'll Thursday see. night. Right. This right. Season, now, you heard him talk about the bench, he said, and you, you brought this up before we played the audio. Uh, about them not having any kind of other players, any role players. Right. And when we asked him about the bench, the first thing he said was, we got enough players. I mean, you think – I mean, why would he say that? He knows he doesn't have enough players. Well, well, I think he meant he had enough players on the bench <laughs> to fill the roster. But other right. than that, I don't see anybody, you know. I, and I looked at the bench. You know, I looked all the way up and down the bench. You know, other than House, I don't see anybody that, that they come up there and can contribute. And I haven't mm-hmm. seen anybody. Right, right, and you know as you know they did add Eric Dampier. Eric Dampier made his uh, debut back at American Airlines Center for another team. Uh, he did play that right. game; he was not effective. But of course, we know that's that's the case with Eric Dampier. Uh, they do right. have Jerry Stackhouse; he wasn't that effective either. Um, but right. again, this team has a lot of problems now. You know, to finish this story out, the, the after, right after this happened, Royce, it was 45 minutes before we were allowed to go into the locker room. Yeah, I because remember, yeah. uh, the players were having a players-only, uh, quote-unquote, players-only meeting. Now, from where I was standing at outside, I could I could audibly hear the players talking, arguing, yelling, right. fighting, right. cussing. I could hear it, you know, right there in the uh, hallway. So I knew something was going on. Uh, but it took them 45 minutes to finally come out. And then once we got into the locker room, uh, we were notified that LeBron, Chris, and uh, Dwayne Wade will be doing their comments from the uh, press from the interview room. Right. So they're doing it in right. locker room like every other team uh, in the NBA. Now, when these guys right. came That's out, right. I thought this was really interesting. They actually put up their own uh, banner behind the players. They blocked out all right. the masks, put up all heat stuff. 
Uh, if you guys go to our blog at rsportsradio.blogspot.com, you can see the pictures that I took right there during the press conference. And this is when we found out that they had a players-only meeting. So we asked LeBron, you know, why the meeting now? Why are you having it now? Or what's the reasoning for it? And Chris Bosh never came out and made any comments, even though this is his hometown. No, he never did. Dallas, right. Texas, he never came out and made any comments. Uh, LeBron and Wade did all the speaking for the team. Uh, they did it both together. So now I'm going to play the audio from that uh, press conference with LeBron right after the players-only meeting in its entirety. Uh, you guys go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio. You can see uh, or hear this audio there and see the pictures uh, from that press conference as well. But listen really close, guys, if, you listen, if you're tuning into the show. Listen to what he says about the team, about the players-only meeting, and also you hear a couple of other things in there. They asked him about the Michael Jordan video, all this in this, uh, right. this wrap-up interview here. So this is the R Sports Radio Show. This is LeBron and Dwayne Wade after the players-only meeting. This team, uh, team meeting where everybody got an opportunity to get off what they had on their chest or what they had in their head about us uh, figuring things out. Uh, right now, uh, we are 9-18, and we have to own up to that. Um, you know, does our record... Um, you know, speak of what team we can become. No, I don't think so. But right now, we are nine and eight because we've been playing like that, and we have to figure this thing out, uh, which we will. You guys can share your message of what you guys said at the Nah, can't do that. Um, just know that we uh, we had we had some 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 deep things to say you know, to one another um, that that got out, which was you know we needed it. We needed it. The players or coaches too? Nah, just straight players. What? Why now? You know, just felt like we needed it. You know, it was just um, sometimes just a feel. Uh, we haven't had a team-only meeting, you know, at the 9-8. and eight. Um, Not even just the record, like you said, the way we've been playing. Uh, we've been playing like we're 9-8. and eight. And It just felt like it was a time, you know, needed. And, um, you know, this is a new team. It's a new group of guys. And, you know, guys need to understand and know each other and um, and get to hear each other talk. And, and I think we all feel better, you know, um, you know after the after the talk we had. Dwayne, how, how particularly tough is this on you? It's tough for everybody, but particularly you. This is this was your team. These guys came to Miami to play with you. How tough is it for you to, to sit here right now and see this team? And well, it's tough because I know the potential of this team. You know, I know where you know my vision that I had when this team was put together. But you know, like I told them, um, like I said, I mean, I, my championship team was ten to ten. You know, I, I've I've been a part of um, you know of it when it's great, and I've been a part of you know in Miami when it's you know not so great. Um, but I understand that you have to stay the course. So, um, you know, the big, the bigger picture is always lost. You know, it's always about the immediate. And right now we need to focus on, you know, the immediate. But, you know, I understand my championship team was 10 to 10, and it took a loss here in Dallas, you know, once to about 40, I think, once before we got things going. Um, and, you know, so I have those experiences that I've always go back to. Could you talk just a little bit about how you see the Mavericks doing right now, sir? They're doing okay. They're doing good. They're on, well, I think we're six in a row now. Um, you know, the Mavericks always play well, you know, especially, you know, this team, um, you know, I think last year when they made the trade, um, you know, they didn't play as well as they, you know, everyone thought because it, it takes time. And um, now they've been playing together for a while. You can see it all come together. And it's a good ball club. They're going to win 50-plus um, games in the regular season and, um, you know, contest in the in a Western Conference with the best teams. How do you guys distinguish what camaraderie, I mean, uh, what what's, you know, trying to mesh and what's wrong. You know, like you understand what I'm saying, LeBron? Between the both. What well, is it? It's tough because I, like D-Way, I've been on my my first two years, first three years where you know things was unbalanced and you know you winning games, you're not winning games. Um, but I've also been on the side where you know 
the camaraderie was 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 great off the floor, and it was made it much easier for us um, on the court when we got on the court. Now it's going to take time. We understand that um, because it's a team that um, is new to each other, um, you know, and it's going to take time. But things that we could do right now is go out there and just just play, you know, play harder, you know, don't have any lapses and. You know, I think the fact that we know we're so talented individually, we feel like we can have laps at that time, which is, you know, not the key. You know, so um, we're looking forward to the, I mean, to this next um, stint, and we're going to try to put this behind us. Champ, champ, what's the, what's the key tonight? Not stopping the boys from Big D from putting the pickle in the pickle barrel in that third quarter? What? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what are your thoughts on that Michael Jordan commercial, man? Did you get a chance to see it? I have no what you yeah. did tonight. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Dwayne, you said, Dwayne, obviously that 10 and 10 team, that championship team also had the had some internal changes, too. I mean, mm-hmm. are you guys worried that eventually somebody's going to have to be accountable? If it's not you, it might be the coaches. It might not be you. Know. Uh, I mean, us as players, we're accountable. You know, um, I never would put anything on a coach. Uh, win, lose, or draw because, you know, they can give us a game plan, but they're not on the court playing. And, um, I think with this team, especially with the IQ of this team, you know, we are smart enough to make adjustments on the floor, on the fly, and I don't, I don't think we're doing it as much as we want to. You know, now it's time to, you know, take ownership up to this is our team, you know, and, um, you know, even though we respect our coach uh, for what they do, but, you know, their job is to get us ready for the game. When the game starts, it's our job. Um, from that point to lead the game and be leaders or not. So, not really. I don't worry about intern. I don't worry about changes. You know, I can't control them. One thing we control is our efforts and the way we play. Are you guys enjoying how much people are enjoying the fact that you guys are struggling out of the gate the way you are? Of course. Yeah, love it. Of course. Great. Were you expecting it? Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, when lose a drop, people going to say we were 17 and 0. They should be 17 and 0. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he's on 17, they'll love it too. So. Um, it's not the end of the world for us, but we know we can play better. I mean, we are our own critics um, at this point. I mean, uh, we nine and eight, and, and the crazy thing is, Anisha Connors, I mean, fifth seed, sixth seed, I don't know, the two game winning streak, you the third seed or second seed in Anisha Connors. We are our own critics right now, and we know we're not playing to the capability that we um, we should be doing. So, um, you know, tomorrow is the day off. Get an opportunity to sit back with our families, enjoy it. Um, watch a little football and then get back to work on Monday. You don't And that was uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Ray right after the uh, players-only meeting uh, in the locker room at the AAC after the Mavs beat them by 11 points. Uh, Royce, we got a lot to react to after the interview. A couple of things that I heard that pointed out uh, to me, and that, and that little laughter you guys heard in the middle was uh, one of the local sports guys here um uh, Tom Gribble with 1310 The Ticket doing his little stick with the the 1920s reporter deal. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that they said it was a players-only meeting. And Dwayne Wade even said that the team that he was on that won the championship uh, was 10-10. and 10. I mean, is that the right attitude to have with a team? I mean, that team that was 10-10 and 10 is not as talented as this team they have right now, is it? Uh, no, nowhere near. And, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting to see. Uh, you know, it's a long season. Uh, I like to see where this team is by all-star break, you know, determine what direction they're going. But, uh, you know, it's, I always say it's not how you start. It's kind of how you finish. So it's still early. And, uh, you know, it, I know it takes a while. you got new players, new teams. But to me, and, and what I see uh, wrong with this team is uh, that, that too busy trying to, con- you know, help each other out or contribute to the other players. Nobody's really playing this game. Even LeBron James is not playing like LeBron James. I think if they ever get back to playing like they should, 
then the flow may come and they may get better. But uh, if 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 coaching is gonna be anything like football, I wonder if we're gonna see a lot of coaches getting fired. There's gonna be some changes like it happened in football, and uh, I know if they keep losing, it's just a matter of time for Pat Riley to take over his team. You know, it's happened before with uh, Gundy, Van Gundy. Yeah. So uh, uh, it does fall on the coach, and it does fall mm-hmm. on the players. Like I said, yeah. this team was expected so much of them, and it's, it hadn't happened yet. And uh, it's interesting to see what, what the outcome of this comes, you know. Now, one thing else I want to ask you about is you heard, and he, he mentioned that the responsibility falls on them as players. But LeBron has, has been taking this attitude lately of, hey, we're in the Eastern Conference. Even though we're 9-8, and eight, we're still, you know, 5, 6 seed in the playoffs if they started right now, and we'll be okay. I mean, what, what, I mean, what do you think about that attitude to have? Well, you know, my team is barely over 500, but we're fine. As long as we get in the playoffs, we're okay. You think that's a safe but, attitude, a safe mentality to have? Well, you know, either way, it's how you look at it. You know, and LeBron knows where they're not in first and they're not in last, it's somewhere in the middle. And, and the, the, the thing is to get in one of those eight spots. Because once you get to the playoff, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter what your record is. And as long as you make those eight spots, that's all that matters. And these, you know, as long as they fit in there, uh, one of those eight spots, I think they'd be all right. So it's really not a bad attitude. A lot of teams wish they could get in that eight spot. Right, right. Yeah, I thought that was definitely interesting. Let's bring a caller on the line real quick. And, uh, Carla, I'm going to identify you by the last four digits of your uh, phone number here, 6037. Uh, you're live on the RS Radio Show. Um, Kyle, you're live on there. Did you listen to some of the audio from the LeBron James and Dwayne Wade uh, post-game comments? Oh, yeah. What's going on, everybody out there at the RF Sports Show? Much love. Uh, what's going on? This is, uh, welcome on Chosen onto the program. Chosen, you know you're on any time there, buddy. Now, some of the stuff that you heard, I mean, what do you take away from what these guys are talking about? I mean, from LeBron talking about, hey, we're still in good standing, from uh, Dwayne Wade saying, hey, the responsibility falls on us as players. From what you just heard, I mean, what do you take away from his players only meeting? Well, I'd just like to say that I I feel like, you know, what I predicted to all of my friends in my in my little circle was going to happen. You know, you put that much talent together, you have to develop a chemistry. I mean, how many years did you see uh, uh, Shaq, and Kobe not get the job done until real coaching right. came in. And, and I, I said from the beginning, you know, when they came to the team, Pat Riley was going to come out and coach, and everybody said, nah. Well, when you get a group of talented players together like that, I mean, that's what you're going to have. I, I didn't hear ego, but what I did hear was is that, hey, we don't know what we're doing yet. We must say that at the uh, the next game that these guys had, they did play the Washington Wizards. They did win that game. Uh, more and more stuff came out about this players-only meeting. It did come out that Eric uh, Spolster, the coach, actually told LeBron that, hey, you need to quit playing around so much. And actually, uh, him and LeBron had the most heated discussion of anybody in the in the room. They did have a meeting, just one-on-one of them two together. After that incident, they sent uh, kind of patched things up, so to speak. But teams go through that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, let's bring on another caller real quick. And, Chose, I want you to stay where you're at because I want to get your comments on some other 
storage as well, too. Uh, Call, I'll identify you by the last four digits of your phone number, 6979. Uh, you're live on the RS Sports Radio Show. Hello, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Doing good. Hey, who, who are we speaking with? Uh, this is John Schuler. Hey, how you doing, John? Hey, I wanted to weigh in on the topic. I feel that Dwayne Wade is the major problem with the team. He's out of shape. He's complaining a lot with his attitude. His fundamentals is not there right now. He's jumping in the air a lot on on his passes, and he's he's having high turnover games. He's missing free throws. And I really believe that he's supporting Coach Spo because Coach Spo spoils him. He's... He's not playing up to the the MVP uh, finals level that he played uh, three or four years ago. And that that's my opinion on what's wrong with the Heat right now. And they also yeah. need Eugenius Haslam, and they also need Mike Miller right now. Right, right, right. right. You know, I, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, he hadn't been playing up to his potential. And, and uh, you know, it's typical way he, he's usually hurt three or four weeks out of the season anyway. He's not going to play a whole season. He, he hasn't done that in a while. And uh, I, I think that, that he, he's trying too hard, and he's not like playing like the Dwayne Wade of old. He looks like he just changed his game completely. I see the same thing with LeBron. It looks like they're trying to please each other to me. That's how I see that. You know. Well, let me ask you real quick, John, while we have you on. I want to thank you for calling uh, on the show as well, too. And the comments you heard afterwards, you heard basically Dwayne Wade take ownership of the team. I mean, we asked him, hey, this is your team. How do you feel about uh, the way things are working right now? He brought up the fact that the team he won the championship on was 10-10. and 10, So he's, he's, he's saying a slow start is fine. I mean, what do you think about them starting so slow? I mean, with all the hype that surrounded this team before they got started in the season. I don't think it's a big deal with the slow start, but I do think that they don't have the same talent level that they had on that championship team. So if he's relying on that experience, I think he's going to fall on his face with that with that thought because they're not putting out the same effort, they're not having fun, and it's just it's not looking good right now. They don't have the right coach in place. So I, I believe they will be a good team by the end of this year but they still don't have the talent or the coaching to get it all done. Yeah. I think that's the question. How soon before Pat Riley really steps out of the uh, front office and onto the court? We'll definitely see about that. But thank you, John, for calling in, man. All right. Thank you. Okay. And, of course, hey, everybody wants to play in on the – go ahead, Royce. Now, I was going to uh, I was gonna ask, uh, uh, what do y'all think about this math team? Uh, oh, yeah, you know, we got to talk about them. Right, right. Now, the Mavs, they went on a hot streak last week. They won four out of five, which included that Miami Heat game. Uh, last night at the show, we were at the uh, the Rockets game, and they beat the Rockets handily as well. Uh, they actually had the Rockets up by 20 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they let them get a late run with some of the uh, some of the second team in there. But they did win the game one-on-one to 91. They should have won by 20 this game, too. Uh, but this game here was a trap game. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the program, Royce, just being a trap game because it's hard to get up for a team like, you know, the, the Rockets came in 5-11. and 11. So after you play these other top teams, it's kind of hard to kind of get focused and keep that emotion uh, to play a team like the Rockets. But they did do that. 
Karan Butler was huge this game. He had 13 straight points in the third quarter that really gave them a huge lead. I mean, he was on fire. Everything he put up was going in the basket, yeah. period. All over uh, the court. <laughs> all over the court. You're absolutely right. Uh, so we did get some out for this game. Let's listen real quick to uh, Coach Carlisle and his thoughts after the Mavs beat the uh, Rockets uh, last night at the AAC. Well, you know, we, uh, we're we trying to play well. We want to get we want to get leads. Uh, you know, we want to put teams away when we can. And um, our third quarter is the last couple games have been very good. And, you know, if we can be a good third quarter team, that's always going to be a good thing in this league. Um, you know, it, it, the game was uh, <clears throat> we'll play a persistent team, so you gotta you got to stay in there and keep battling. You know, they challenge you on every possession at both ends. And so, you know, our first quarter was, was so-so. We were a little better in the second, um, better in the third, and then, you know, Unfortunately, we, you know, ended the game poorly with an 11-0 run, which is disappointing. But uh, but it's a good win, and you know, we had minutes were were you know very reasonable. So we got to uh, we got to get some work in tomorrow, and then get ready for Wednesday. Karan Butler in the third quarter was set by the side, and did he just have the Well, you know, when when a guy gets going, um, you know, our guys do a good job of of finding him. Uh, we're not doing a ton of play calling right now. Um, you know, Jason Kidd it had a lot to do with the way he got going out there. Uh, they had some stuff going amongst themselves that was really effective. And uh, you know, when he gets a hot hand, you know, he's he's really tough to tough to get under control. So uh, that was great. You know, Marion had an, had another really good all around game. His, his rebounding was terrific, and you know, Bray's penetration was big. Um, you know, so. Look, it's a good win, and uh, again, I, you know, I was disappointed with the way it ended. I, just, you know, you don't like giving up 11-0 run at the end of the game when uh, your team is trying to stop people. But, uh, you know, we'll take it and move on. That was Coach Carlisle right after the game uh, last night against the Rockets. Uh, Royce, now you saw this game as well too. Your Karam was on fire. Uh, but I mean, this team really—I mean, they could have—they could have fell victim to a team like the Rockets. But what did you see that was really encouraging about them having enough emotion, of drive to to not fall trapping, fall to a trap in this game? Well, you know, those are the games that in in the past they used to lose, and uh, I, it's nice to see them win. And you know, they knew a uh, motto that you had to defend our house, and that 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 goes for—you got to get up for the big games, you got to get up for the little games. And I, I like that motto, and I hope they can keep it up. That's been our problem, you know, losing at home and uh, the up-and-down season, winning big games and turn around and lose to a mediocre uh, below 500 team the next night. So uh, go Mavs. And I, I like that, and I hope they yeah, keep it up. Yeah, definitely. Mavs on the road. Uh, we got callers lining up on where they want to get lined up. We're going to talk about a lot about the Mavs. We got more audio on the show coming up from Karan Bella. Uh, I have a one-on-one interview that I did with Jason Kidd coming up as well, too. And we get the elusive uh, Mavs GM, Dunny Nelson, to answer some, some tough questions. I had to ask him about a couple of things. So, college, you get lined up. We're going to talk about the uh, Mavs here real quick. Uh, our NBA analyst, uh, Rick, will be joining us on the program a little bit later on as well. Uh, Chose, I know he's still there as well. So let's go to a quick commercial break, and we'll get back and uh, talk about the Mavs. It's the RF Sports Radio Show. 
What's up out there with it, world? What's up with it's your it? your boy Chosen. Man, and I'm back in the building, you dig? And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and join icebreakerproductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE artist right now. You know what I'm saying? Get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. And you can even pick up a teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything. Got everything. Um, every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. You hear it? Icebreakerproductions.com. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Scroll down about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got us. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. anywhere. And uh, if you really want to know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you got to follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a Facebook now. lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions. You know right what they do. Now. And uh, for all of y'all that like them live, fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen972. Right if you're now. you're still in the old school and, you know what I'm saying, you're still on MySpace, hit us up, 972. We ain't tripping. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album, the reason that you're hearing my voice. Uh-huh. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE announcements. Already. And we're back on the R Sports Radio Show. We're talking Mavs. We're talking uh, NBA action. We're talking uh, Miami Heat. If you guys are just not tuning in, go back and listen to the show. We played the uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade audio in its entirety, also Coach Brochure audio in its entirety as well. Let me welcome on the program real quick, Royce, before we get started talking about the Mavs, our uh, resident NBA analyst and NFL analyst for that matter. Uh, Rick, let me bring you on the program real quick, man. Rick, what's going on? Hey, 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 RF, what's going on? Royce, how you doing? Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going, y'all? Chosen, what's going, going on? Chosen still up? Yeah, Chosen, uh, well, Chosen's there. He's there. Well, well let me ask how's you real quick. Well, let me ask you real quick, Rick. Now, you saw uh, this uh, Mads and Rockets game. The Mads beat the Rockets pretty handily. Uh, Karan Butler was on fire. I mean, tell us a little bit about Karan. What do you like about his game? Uh, what do you think he's been the reason? Because he had the most points against the Heat. He had 23. He had 19 last night. He's been one of the top scorers. Is Karan that other players? He's the guy that's going to be right there scoring point for point with Dirk. Well, I think Karan Butler definitely has the potential to be. The good thing about Karan Butler, in my opinion, is, you know, he's a killer. You know, he's very aggressive, you know, and that's whether he's scoring or not. You know, Karan Butler is usually aggressive, you know, and that's one good thing. That's one good thing you would want uh, out of uh, one of your scoring options. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Let's listen to a little bit about what Dirk had to say about the game. He talks a lot about Karan and and, uh, and the streak he got on uh, in that third quarter. We, we got stops and uh, just pushed the ball up and let uh Jake Kidd do all the play calls, and he did a good job getting them off screens, posting them some, and uh, he just got in his own there. He's uh, against one of the best defenders on the small forward position, the Battier, and he's still he's cooking out there, making stuff happen, coming off screens, off the dribble, step backs, and then that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, Karan had trouble getting going uh, this year, and yeah, then he had the injury, he had to kind of get back in the flow. What kind of a difference does it make for you guys when he is scoring the way he did the last? Not just the points have been up as efficient as he's doing it. 
Well, the offense comes, comes easier, obviously. Uh, other guys don't have the four shots when he's, when he's rolling. Uh, we can spread the ball around the way we want to. We've been playing out of flow a lot. Even in San Antonio in the fourth quarter or even in Oklahoma, usually in the fourth quarter when, when things get tighter, you call plays, but uh, we haven't. Everybody's been getting catches on the move. Uh, I think that's when we're tough to start when Jet's on the move in the break and Karan comes off screen shooting. Talk about how J.K. was setting him up, and he was basically just knocking it down. I mean, you think Karan is going to be that that big scorer that we need him to be? Oh yeah, yeah, the guy, he, he's a great talent. You know, I, I see this whole team being aggressive. Even Berea, you know, uh, uh, Jason Terry. I like the aggressiveness of the whole team. I think they're all playing a lot better. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Let me bring Tozen on real quick. Tozen, uh, you're here live with us on the um, RS Sports Radio Show. Uh, what do you think about Karan Butler and his game? Well, I think Karan Butler is definitely going to contribute, and he's going to be consistent at what he does. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the season develops. Um, I'm still not convinced that the Mavericks still have the full pieces of the puzzle in place to win a championship. Uh, especially beat the Lakers in the West. But I definitely think that they're going to compete at a higher level than they've probably been doing in the past, you know, two, three years. Yeah. Well, I think this team is out to a great start. But as you you said, and Royce, you say it all the time, this is a a regular season team. We got to find out what these guys are going to do in the playoffs before we can say anything. You know, me, we we talk about that all the time. Let's listen to a little bit of what Karan Butler had to say about uh, about his play that night against the Rockets and getting hot in the third quarter, and then we'll take some callers after that as well. Here's Karan Bell on the RS Sports Radio Show. Just, just staying with it and, you know, uh, taking advantage of opportunities, um, just catching, shooting the ball, and, you know, obviously Jason Kidd telling me just come off the curl and be ready, and exactly what I did. Well, it's going to be kind of a trap game after the great teams that you guys have been playing, but uh, we didn't let down. Definitely, definitely. And we didn't want to fall into that. You know, um, we knew that coming into this game, and we knew that uh, we had to create our own, you know, energy and, um, you know, had to police ourselves a lot out there on the court, if that makes any sense. You know, um, just stand on each other, um, you know, didn't want to drop the energy. And that's exactly what we did. And that second group really helped us. And in the third quarter, um, we got it going and, you know, uh, sealed the game. It's almost like deja vu for you guys, like the Miami game, where they uh, came on strong at the end of the first half and then took over in the third quarter. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it was a collective effort. Like I said, you know, uh, we did a great job of getting stops and getting out of transition and, you know, believing in the offense and, you know, playing with the greatest point guard, one of the best ever. And, you know, he did a great job of just getting me going in the third and, you know, we sealed the game. Also, the defense tonight, how big is that? Defense was huge. You know, um, Tyson, Brendan, you know, all of us on the perimeter as well. You know, it was a collective effort. Uh, we did a great job of making their key guys, you know, take difficult shots. And, you know, once we uh, limited the second chance opportunities in the first half because they was killing us on the boards, but we did a great job in the second half and, and getting out and getting into our stuff. When you're on a run like that in the third quarter, do you think you can miss I felt pretty good, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, felt real good, and you know, obviously with uh, with that flow going, you know, you just 
know, you get in one of those zones and your teammates just keep feeding you and finding you and you know, that's that's what you want to do, just continue to shoot the ball. Brian, when you have a stretch like you guys did with four games, five nights, and you go 4 no, to have a game like this that you don't let down, how encouraging is that to the way you respond? I mean, it's very encouraging. I mean, in the locker room, that's that's all we were preaching, though. You know, just, you know, stay on it. Put the pedal to the metal. Keep going. Keep going. You know, keep pushing and, and finish this game the right way. And um, we did a great job of doing that collectively. And it was Karan Bell on the RS Sports Radio Show talking about uh, his high third quarter and his uh, his play. Uh, not just uh, in the game against the Rockets, but for the season. Let me bring on the call on the line real quick. And Kyle, I'll identify you by the last four digits of your phone number, 0269. Uh, you're live on the RS Sports Radio Show. Who do we have here? What's up, man? It's Ham Rothstein. Hey, how's it going? I'm all right, man. How y'all doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. You have a comment about the Mavs? Uh, anything you've seen against the Rockets or, or their play overall so far this season? Yeah, they play overall this season to me, man. I just doubled back for the past two or three years. I think that, you know, they're going to win 50-plus games, maybe even 60. They're going to give opposing teams matchup fits with the 2-3 matchups on. You know, the Lakers struggled with it against Phoenix last year in the playoffs. But you still got to win four out of seven games in the series against right. a grounded-out, decided-out team in the NBA like the Los Angeles Lakers or the San Antonio Spurs, so to speak. So I think at the end of the day, yeah. man, I think Dirk has that dog in him to just say, give me the ball, or get on the block by 10 feet out at the elbow and post up and make a move or make somebody else or create an open shot for somebody else when it comes down to it. And I honestly think that Avery Johnson should have never been fired. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are my biggest problems with the Mavericks, man, right. I see – just think they 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 got the good chemistry. I, I like all that. I like what Karan Butler brings to the table. But at the end of the day, man, you still got to go against the likes of a Kobe Bryant, a Kevin Durant, a Brandon Roy. I mean, and you know guys like Chris Paul. So I, I just right. think the Mavericks have a good team. They might finish second in the West, maybe third, but maybe in the second round, I just see them phasing out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've done that before in the past. It won't be nothing. Uh, knew it all. Now, you bring up an interesting point about Avery. Avery's going to be on the show here in a couple of weeks when he comes to town uh, back with his New Jersey Nets team. But you really feel like Cuban made another mistake? I mean, I think he made a big mistake letting Nash go uh, personally, right. but you think he made a huge mistake by letting Avery go? I really did, and I, and I honestly think he made another huge mistake of letting go Devin Harris. I mean, he was a young guy, up and coming yeah. talent, and then yeah. he was is a future Hall of Famer in the NBA when not. I can't take away nothing that the man has done in the NBA. But at the same time, when you have a young star like Devin Harris that is locking up Tony Parker in the playoffs or trading shots for Jason Terry and the Finleys or whatnot, and Dirk, he had good chemistry with that team. Why break it up? Mm, that's a good point. Well, we thank you for calling yeah. in. You're more welcome to call in any time, Colin. I appreciate it, man. Y'all have a good night. I enjoy the show. Right. You, you, you know, you know, Ronnie Karan Butler brought up a, a good point when he said uh, the second unit, and I, I, this second unit c- can play with anybody, and I think that's that's a big difference this year too. Uh, you got to have a second unit that can come out and compete, you know, with anybody. So uh, I do see that difference. He did bring that up. Yeah, you're right about that, Ricky. You heard the call. I mean, everybody's still waiting to see what it seems. 
going to do in the playoffs. I mean, for what you've seen, I know it's early in the season, but I think there'll be a better playoff team. Well, I mean, if they can sustain the, the play that they have right now, I definitely think they can. I mean, because give the Mavericks credit. You know, I made uh, comments about them, you know, having to uh, defend at home, and they've been doing exactly that, you know. And, you know, they started off slow with that. And if you can always defend home good, you know, you have that you have that opportunity to go deep into the playoffs in the Mavs. That 2-3 zone that um, – that the caller uh, talked about. That 2-3 zone, it, it works pretty good for the Mavs. The Mavs is a good defending team. Yeah. Well, I think the 2-3 zone works a lot better now, the fact that they have Tyson Chandler, you know, down low, or Brandon Haywood that can come in and cause some problems down low as well, too, because the whole problem with the Mavs defense has been their anchor down low. We now know what Dan Pierce is capable of doing. It's going to give you four points and four fouls every night. Uh, so having right. Tyson Chandler, I think, is huge. And we'll talk to Donnie Nelson about the addition of uh, Tyson Challenge to the team as well. Let me play something Especially real quick. Especially when he's bringing, you, you, bringing about... you in, you know, 12 and 15 rebounds, you right. know, a night. Right. You know, you, right. you have to appreciate good hustle play like that. Now, the caller mentioned a good thing about Devin Harris. I did talk to our point guard this year, uh, Jason Kidd, one-on-one about how he feels about the team. He is a Hall of Fame. He's got a Hall of Fame career. Uh, so far, and we talked to him about how he feels about how good this team is and how good this team can be. This is uh, Jason Kidd on the R Sports Radio Show. Uh, Karan talked about in the third quarter how you basically just set him up to get the shots. I mean, did you see something out there on the floor that really gave the edge to get get open like this? Uh, he was putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. So, um, as any point guard or any player on the floor, you got to get the guy who's hot. And he was going there in the third, so we just tried to get him uh, on the move and get him in different spots uh, to get to get looks, and he was he was knocking them down. Good. Well, you guys won some real tough games against some big opponents. How do you not let down against teams like Houston and yeah Minnesota coming up? Well, we had a, a big emotional week uh, last week with the you know with the four or five nights. Um, and this was an easy game to just come in and be flat. But we're a veteran ball club, and we, we had to take care of business, so we did that. Cool. Now you've been on a lot of teams throughout your Hall of Fame career. Let's go ahead and say that. What do you feel about this team right now? Well, this is a good team. Um, we feel, you know, we trust one another. Um, the biggest thing is our locker room is good. You know, we cheer each other on no matter who puts the ball in the basket. So um, it's a lot of fun to be around these guys. Cool. Now, of course, Jessica has a politically correct answer. He didn't want to make anyone mad on the team. But I think he's got to feel good about having players like Tyson Chandler that can go up and grab alley-oops, they can get rebounds, they can uh, set the offense back up again. I mean, Rick, wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what Jason Kidd, that's what he That's what he does. You know, he gets out there, and that's his thing. He do that for bread and meat, man. Uh, he, he loves throwing the alley-oop pass and assisting the ball and, and getting other people involved in the game, and he's, he likes playing defense, too. Throughout his career, Jason Kidd hadn't been known as a big scorer, although he can do it. He's gotten a lot better with his jump shot, although, you know, he can still be a little bit more consistent. But, you know, he's got a lot better with the, the three-point jump shot if, if he's sitting out there, especially uh, by himself. You know, but he likes to create things on the floor and get other people involved. I mean, that's his get-up-and-go. Royce, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I think his uh, three-point percentage is, is, is went up this year, too. I know since you, you know, he used to be hesitant about taking that shot, but I think he yeah. he feels confident in, in the shooting it now. 
And uh, you're right, he's a future Hall of Famer. We talked about them. Mark Cuban is doing a lot of stuff wrong. Well, one thing he did right was brought Jake the Kid back. So uh, yeah. he's a future Hall of Famer, yeah. You know, the, and the other callers have have a good point about, you know, letting go of, of Avery Johnson and, and, and Devin Harris. You know, I, I agree with, with those two. You know, I, you know, I would have kept Avery Johnson around, and I definitely would have kept Devin Harris around um, uh, because of the youth. You know, you never know how good a player can be, you know, especially when he gets put into the right system. As far as Nash is concerned, you know, Nash is a very good player, one of the best point guards to play, can shoot, get people involved. I'm not sure if I would have kept him or not. You know, it turns out that it was a bad deal. You know, at that given time, no, I'm not sure if I would have kept him or not. You know, because Nash has always been a liability on the defensive end, and he got down there in Phoenix and just got put into a system where he could just, you know, go out and create for everybody. You know, and he didn't have that kind of team in in Dallas, you know? Yeah, but in that typical of the math, we can go all the way back to Mark Aguirre, Dale Ellis. Yeah, they traded away everybody. I mean, that typical Maverick, you know. Uh, they got rid of a lot of good players, and a lot of people left yeah. Dallas and went on to do great things. So that's typical yeah. Dallas. But I do like this team they have on the floor now. I, I, I really think that they're better than the team they had uh, the last two years. And uh, I think they can get out the uh, first and second round. I don't think they're the best team in the West. But, but all they need to do is get in that fourth or fifth spot the 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 first spot is not a good spot to be in because you you know eight one and eight two and seven but if they can play right to start out their first round at four or five spot I think they they can make it to the second round. Now you guys bring up the changes that the Mavericks have made. I had an opportunity to speak to the to the main person involved with these changes, and we've been critical of him in years past. And that was uh, Mavs GM Johnny Dunny Nelson. I asked him specifically about the team this year and also the addition of Tyson Chandler, why they made the decision and how big of a decision it was. This is uh, uh, GM Donnie Nelson from the Mass Talk on the R Sports Radio Show. I mean, you know, it's, you feel good about all the moves you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't do them, right? Mm-hmm. This one, uh, hey, until you take the cake out of the oven, you just never know. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel good about the ingredients and but I think what he's provided us in terms of just his emotion, not to mention his athleticism, those intangible things mean a lot, you know. Um, if you look at a guy like Jason Kidd and Dirt, those guys have logged a lot of games. And um, we needed a little punch in our front line. It was pretty clear with the starts that we were getting. And, you know, Rick was looking for a lot of different combinations but when a guy like Tyson comes in, he really energizes our starting core. Um, you know, when you're Dirk and Jason, you know, um, you know you got to be there in the fourth quarter. Right. So sometimes you're kind of using reserve power a little bit, you know, and to start the game out, and you can't have that because all of a sudden you're in the hole, ten or fifteen points, and six minutes left to go, and and it it takes. It takes it out of you mentally, and 
you got to dig yourself out of these holes. And so with Tyson coming in, he's getting some easy baskets. He's um, Jason loves it because it gives him gives him a different dimension, you know, on those pick and rolls. It's not just dosey do Dirk over here, and you know you got Ron over there, but he can actually throw the ball up and someone with his athleticism can get some easy baskets. And so, anyways, we feel you know we felt good about it this summer. Uh, we thought it was good for the franchise, but it's nice to see it, you know, actually taking hold. Do you guys think you're getting really the benefit of him playing so much ball over the summer with, you know, being the center for the USA team? I think it helped him from a confidence standpoint because... I think it helped him from a confidence standpoint because you just don't know how your injury is going to handle itself. And then when you're playing over there against that competition, you got a lot of games coming at you. I think that you got it. Um, I think it really built some confidence, got his timing down, so when he hit training camp, he was he was ready to go. Of course, guys, I could not let him go without asking him about future changes. Uh, if we all know the Mavs, you know they're a uh, mid-season uh, trade team. They're always looking to kind of make roster changes right before they go into a playoff run and try to put something together. And the coach is always left with trying to deal with new players and putting in the system and teaching these guys a system that they've been running all year long. So I had to ask him, of course, about that. So here's some comments from uh, Mavs GM Johnny Nelson about Jackson Chandler long-term and also about more changes to come uh, for the team. Yeah, I mean, with Tyson, you don't know what the future holds. I mean, um, we know he's here, and we know we like him, and we know he likes us, and yeah, your 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 hope is that when you have that kind of chemistry as a general manager, you look for reasons to keep it that way. Yeah. So, who knows what the market is going to bear in the summer? Who knows? Uh, you know, we can't predict those things. I do know um, the proofs in the pudding. We've had a tremendous amount of success with with um, kind of the one-two punch. You know, if you will, at the center spot, we've got our own little bullpen. You know, and when you've got Tyson with his athleticism and versatility and you got B. Hay coming in with the more conventional uh, aircraft carrier, if you will, of center shot blocking and patrol the paint, it gives you a real um, versatility in the position. And that's, I think, what really good teams can do. You know, whether we can go against a run-and-gun, up-and-down team and throw Tyson out there, and we can go against your... your, your uh, uh, you know, your big, you know, low post centers and, and have um, a defender like B. Hay match up. So you sit with this team? Or, I mean, I know the Mavericks are... Never set. <laughs> okay. Any, any general manager says we're set right. is lying yeah. because, you know, we're in an upgrade business. Um, and you're always out there. You're always looking for ways to make your team better. I'm not a proponent of just change for change's sake, you know. Uh, when you do have something that's that's playing well, you better make sure that your the changes that you potentially will make or could make uh, are ones that um, are for significantly upgrade reasons, you know. So we're we're not looking to do anything lateral to some put yourself in a lap or yeah.
Right, so you guys heard Donnie Nelson talk about Tyson Chandler coming to the team and keeping him long term. And of course, like he said, they're not done changing this team. So my question to you guys: If they do make a change, uh, what change do you see them making, and what change do you think will be a big benefit for them? Um, and if Royce, I ask you first. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and it depends on who's out there, but. Uh, uh, you know, one or two players uh, come available. I can see it, but I, I, the, the chemistry of this team is just fine. Now, they need to lock Tyson Chandler down, and it's nice to have an active center for a change, somebody you can throw the ball to and uh, uh, get results from. And I think that's a big difference in this team, too. we got an active center and a true center. You know, I, I can't remember a time on this team when they had a true center you know, like they have now. So uh, who knows? And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks do make a change. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, uh, look for one to come. It's just typical Mavericks. Rick, what do you think? If they, you think you heard him talk about if a GM says that he's not done changing the roster, then he's not. He's lying, basically. I mean, what do you think? You know, if any change needs to be made, do they need a change? And and if they do, what change do you think needs to be made? Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with Royce. I mean, I think the chemistry, um, is, it works really well uh, for this team. You know, I mean, give them credit because, in my opinion, right now I'm not saying that they are the best team, but right now they are playing like the best team in the NBA. You know, they are out there. They're on a nice little streak, and they're they're able to beat the bad teams. They're able to beat the good teams. You know, so – that being said, I think the chemistry is good. But if they had to make a change, if you just had to choose a situation, it would have to be at the two and the three spot, you know, which would include your Jason Terry's and your Karan Butler's. You know, they, they have a, a, a capable center, you know, and for the way the Mavs play, they don't need a whole lot of scoring out of right. that particular position. You should have it. In my opinion, it's always best to have a center that can score. But they don't necessarily need that. They're getting that, that point, those points out of dirt. And I know they wouldn't attempt to trade, you know, a Dirk or or a Jason Kidd, move them out of those particular situations, not at this point in time. You know, so if they had to upgrade, it would have to be at the two and the three spot, you know, someplace where they could get more consistency because, truth be told, those are the two spots that are usually up and down. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of the two spot, I thought it was interesting, too. I found out right at the end of the uh press conference, we were getting ready to leave after Coach Carlisle had answered some questions. And he stopped us all and said, hey, I just want to let everybody know, quick update, but I'm moving uh, Dominique Jones to the D-League. He's going to start tonight for the Texas Legends in their season opener um, in Frisco. What is what is it with Coach Carlisle and these rookies? I mean, he does this to the rookies all the time. We saw what happened with uh, Roddy B. Roddy B. Boy last year. He came in and played huge during the San Antonio series and didn't get in the game until, what, three minutes left in the fourth quarter in the next game after scoring 30 points in the playoff game. Now he takes his uh, number two guard that they drafted from South Florida, Dominique Jones, and moves him to the D-League. I mean, what is what is Coach Carlisle's deal about these rookies, Royce? I mean, why why would he not play these rookies? Uh, uh, you know, right now, that, that's a very good question. Last year I was ready to call for his head on the chopping block because – and I'm not happy with all the decisions he makes with this team, but uh, he is the coach, and uh, whatever he's doing now is working. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like you. I think he has the thing for rookies, you know, and, and that's one guy 
that should stay with the team and develop. I mean, you got to look down the line, too. Jason Kidd, you know, how many more years is he going to play? So uh, I I don't understand that. Maybe he knows something we don't know. Maybe he needs a little more development. Uh, Who knows? I have always questioned Carlisle, you know, but uh, I can't question him now because whatever he's doing now is working. So we'll we'll see. Rick, what do you think about that, about Dominique Jones moving to the D-League and and the way Coach Carlisle uh, treats these rookies when he brings them in? Well, I believe in giving um, anybody an opportunity if they get out there and, and show you that they have a little something, you know, period, no matter what what uh, grade they're in, so to speak. You know, it doesn't doesn't really matter to me. If they can go out there and hold their own and, and, and show you something, I believe in giving them an opportunity. But I can't disagree with Carlisle's philosophy. You know, because in his in his deal, you know, he needs wins. You know, and wins for him it, it, it comes with trust. You know, and they he just doesn't necessarily trust the rookies. You know, uh, Roddy Bobois. You know, everybody was crying for that boy to get out there and play. Right, you right, know, we right. sitting there thinking we don't care about trust. The boy's putting right, the ball in the hole. Right, you know, right. he's worried about turnovers and worrying about sustaining right, right. A, a particular possession and stuff like that on the floor. You know, so he's looking at it from a whole different aspect. You know, so I, I can't disagree with him. You know, and what I haven't I haven't seen anything in in Dominique Jones that that just warrants you know play on the floor. I can't say you know by going to the D League or whatnot, but I can't see I haven't seen anything that just you know tells me get that boy in the game and keep him out there for right. a little while. Right. Not right. yet. You know, Roddy Bobois right. was a different story. He was out there showing out. Right. Maybe yeah, and, and I back. asked Coach Carlisle exactly why he's moving him to the D-League. He said basically because he feels like in the D-League he can get more playing time. He knows that uh, Coach uh, Nancy Lieberman is a good coach that could teach him some good stuff, and he said it was just a benefit to have a D-League so close uh, to the team where he can go and get some playing time. And I asked Donnie Nelson how long would he be there. He didn't give me a real answer. He said, well, a couple of games. Uh, then I asked him, well, does this mean that Roddy is coming back soon? And he wouldn't answer that question. So I guess stay tuned on that front. Uh, but we talked a lot of Mavs, a lot of Mavs talk. We're going to get into a little NFL talk. Uh, before we switch gears real quick, let's listen to another uh, quick commercial break, pay a couple of bills. If you guys uh, have a business or any kind of website, blog, whatever you want to advertise, if you'd like to advertise with the RS Sports Radio Show, the fastest growing internet radio show on the web right now, make sure you email us at rssportsradio uh, at gmail.com. That's rssportsradio at gmail.com. We'll be back with some NFL talk. What's up out there with it, world? What's up with it? your boy, Chosen. Man, and I'm back in the building, you dig? And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and join IcebreakerProductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE artist right now. You know what I'm saying? Get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. You can even pick up a teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything. Got everything. Um, Every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. You hear it? IcebreakerProductions.com. You know what I'm saying? Scroll down about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got us. 
You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. Anywhere. And uh, if you really want to know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you got to follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a Facebook now. lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions. You know right what they do. And uh, for all of y'all that like them live, fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen972. Right if now. If you're in the old school and, you know what I'm saying, you're still on my space, hit us up, 972. We ain't tripping. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album, the reason that you're hearing my voice. Uh-huh. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE announcements. Already. want to thank Icebreaker.com, IcebreakerProductions.com for advertising with the show. They do have a show on Blog Talk Radio also. You can find them at blogtalkradio.com slash RF, I'm sorry, Icebreaker Radio is where you can find them at. Let's get into some NFL action real quick. Let's bring on uh, my co-pilot, Royce, uh, my NFL analyst, Rick. Now, we got a lot to talk about real quick here. Now, the big story, of course, from Sunday, uh, and we were on Friday, so we talked about Thanksgiving games. But Sunday, let's talk real quick about uh, about the fight. Now, I know you both of you guys saw this fight. Y'all saw Andre Johnson basically whoop uh, Carson Finnegan on the field. Uh, now, the aftermath of this, what happened was, uh, well, first of all, uh, Houston beat them 20-0. to zero. It was a blowout game. Houston was all over them. Tennessee couldn't do nothing on offense. We all know Finnegan, he's been in trouble twice already this season for fighting or for some type of penalty uh, similar to a fight. And basically, uh, Andre just had enough of it, you know, put some hands on him real quick. Uh, everyone's seen it by now. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and just uh, – Search for Andre Johnson is going to pop up everywhere. But from what you guys saw, I mean, the, these guys only got a $25,000 fine. No suspensions were handed out. Um, and, Rick, do you think this is the right call? Do think just the fine is okay? Or do you think some of these guys need to sit down? I mean, I I, I think uh, for that situation, a fine is okay. I mean, I, I the NFL seems to, you know, get most of those situations right. They gave Richard Seymour a pass last week. You know, for right. for for right. punching a uh, Roethlisberger. Now it wasn't of that situation, but he did punch the dude. You know, right. or push him down, or whatever the case was. You know, right. now right. if they, I, I do think the NFL should send warnings to both teams for the next time that they play, and let them know if any any type of altercations there, somebody's going to be ejected. You know, I don't even think you know it's within the collective bargain agreement to suspend somebody for that you know type of fight. Right. Now, had it escalated where both teams cleared both benches and you got 50 million right. people all over the field, it could be a different situation though. But man, Andre put them things on that boy, you know. <laughs> and and what 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 got me is it, you know I I never seen Andre act like that. Yeah. You know, I know he had it in him. You know, he looked like he got it in him. The boys from Florida somewhere, son, you know, I mean, you know, he, he, he had it in him. You know, and Corlin Finnegan, you know, he, to me, he's always seemed like a dirty player. I don't really know him as a person. But, you know, any time that I've ever watched Tennessee play, I'm always seeing Corlin Finnegan, Finnegan do something. You know, yeah. and Andre put them nuts on that boy right there, man. <laughs> Russ, what do you think about right. the fight? I, I, I learned two things from this fight. Number one, you never take your helmet off. And number two, you don't mess with Andre Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I never swing on it. 
But anyway, uh, uh, they 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 were right in, in living the fine. You know, you, you you can't have that. That that that's really not good for the sport. And uh, you know, I I got to get his commission. I don't always agree, but he he he's keeping it under control. And mm-hmm. I you know we that that's the reason why we don't see more of these. You know, and I hope we don't. And you know, Tennessee's all you know they they people always say they're the dirtiest team in football. So uh, the boy he asked for it. And uh, that's two things and I know. You never it. take your, you got it. You don't take your helmet off. I know that. I, everybody should got something from that. You know, don't take yeah. your helmet off. Yeah, yeah. See, I guess the, the question, the question is, you don't take your helmet off, but do you rip right. the other dude's helmet off? Because that would take no. Right, right. Let me right. welcome. Uh, let me welcome Chosa back on the program real quick. And Chosa, I want to get your comments on this. Uh, fight between uh, Corlin Finnegan and Andre Johnson. First of all, uh, what do you think about the fight? Do you think it was okay that they only got a fine and no suspension? Well, you know, I think enough is enough when it comes to just all-out discipline and discipline and discipline and fining and fining. This is entertainment. And, I mean, at some point in time, you know, you just have to let the things go. You know, there comes a point in time, I think, when it may be necessary to hit anybody but I gotta say I agree with Royce. You don't put your helmet off. <laughs> but you know, my take on it was it was very entertaining. I, I bet the ratings shot through the roof. I know when I saw the uh, the, the highlights and, and I heard about the story, it definitely caught my attention. So you know, uh, it, it wasn't a big player brawl, which is why I don't think that there was a big major suspension. And both players were involved. And if you hit a person in their pocketbooks good enough, you know they'll learn their lesson. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Speaking of fines, uh, we had another fine that was levied from Sunday. I don't know if you guys have heard this already, but our good old, uh, the huge contributor to the NFL payroll, Mr. James Harrison, was fined uh, 25k uh, today for a hit that he had on Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Buffalo Bills, and he, he actually got flagged for roughing the passer on this hit, but it was the same hit that he laid on Jason Campbell the week before. They got the same flag. Now, total, uh, Mr. Harrison has paid the NFL $125,000 this season uh, for just having some hits and being basically being an aggressive player. Now, here's what his comments were. He said, I was not expecting to find. It's the exact same thing as last week. It was the same exact hit. I hit him, meaning Fitzpatrick, the same way I did the quarterback from Oakland, got the same flag, but didn't get a fine. So I'm expecting the same thing on this. Uh, and then also when uh, his coach, when he found out about the fine, Mike Tomlin said, obviously he does because the league doesn't agree with him, and my opinion doesn't matter. So he's trying to stay far away from it because he didn't want to end up paying 25 k right. I mean, what's the deal with James Harrison? Does he really need to stop playing? Because he, he's an aggressive guy. But, I mean, he's getting fined for everything. I mean, any kind of flag, I mean, the flag enough, why find a guy 25K uh, for a rough in the passer hit? Well, you know, everybody knows you, 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 they protect these quarterbacks. That's one thing they do. Uh, so many of them get knocked out in concussion. That's just, you know, you got to get used to that as part of the game. You know, they, they protect these quarterbacks. I mean, you can't even hardly put your hands on the quarterback anymore. I don't know if I agree with it or disagree with it, but that's just the nature of the game. Now, what do you think about that, Chosen? I mean, you think this guy, I mean, he's the biggest contributor to the NFL right now. 
I mean, I hope they're giving this money to charity because he's he's raising some some nice coin uh, for for the NFL right now. But I mean, is the flag enough for roughing the pass? I mean, they get what fifteen yards and a new set of downs. I mean, why finally got twenty five? And money. Well, single handedly, this is I think an, an effort to you know, you know, make the game a little bit softer, and they wanted to make an example out of somebody. Um, I don't agree with a late hit, and I, I I would say that you know if you make a habit out of doing it, then yeah, you know a fine is there because you know as a quarterback. You know, if if a person misses the block or if there's nobody to catch that block, and I remember from playing my days in high school with you, uh, you know, that is really a lethal blow to take. And, and I mean, you know, you, when you have the likes of, like, Reggie White and Bruce Smith and, uh, you know, Mike Singletary coming in and, and, and you know, I, I would definitely hate to take a, a, a hit from Ray Lewis. That would, that would not be nice at all. So a late hit. You know, yeah, find them or helmet to helmet, find them. But, you know, I don't think they should really sensitize the game. You know, this is not yeah. baseball. This is not basketball. This is football, Americano. Right. But, but, but it, you know, if you don't stop, you don't stop it, you're going to get quarterbacks and, and, and their broadcasting move going da 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 you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. You know, I mean, I mean, think, think, think about it. They already getting balanced from, from not being knocked unconscious. You gonna have them? You gonna, you gonna have them studying in the booth? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if they well, don't, yeah. cause uh, like, they, right, it is a lethal. It's a lethal blow. It really is. It, it really is a lethal blow. You can, you can really hurt somebody. You know. It seemed like to me, I mean, you know, if I was James Harrison, I would, you know, be saying, you know, what do I need to do to take myself out of this position? You know, why do I keep putting myself in that particular situation? You know, if it's bothering me like that. I know he's he's an aggressive person, you know, by nature. He's a linebacker in the NFL. He's aggressive without question, and he he doesn't know how to turn his motor off. He's going to have to figure out a way to do that. You know, maybe with that Jason Candle situation, the NFL saw it, but it's just kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to turn my head on this. You know, and then he comes back and he do the same thing. It's like, look, yeah. man, I can't keep turning my head on it now. Come on. Right, right. You know, yeah, it, could, it could be that kind of situation, you know. Yeah, I think, I think that's more so I think that's more so the case. They kind of let him slide because, like, hey, we can't keep finding this guy, but – if right. he's gonna do it repeatedly, you know. But right. if they're gonna right. if they're gonna play it that way, all they had to do was send the guy an email or a letter saying, Hey, you know, they hit you had, you know, do this and do that but you know, it, it's so hard to change your style of football. When you grew up playing a certain way right. you know, right. we all grew up, you know, you had to lay your hat. You had to you had to put right. your helmet down and hit somebody. That's why you got a helmet on. And it's so hard to kinda of break that mold. Uh, I mean, something like this has to start from Pee Wee football on up, because I guarantee you, right now in Pee Wee football, they probably got more injuries than in the NFL because they're still teaching everyone to go head first, head up. You know, we always learn that when we play football uh, growing up. So something like this got to start kind of, kind of early. Uh, before we jump into the next story, y'all guys want to find out who won the picks this week? Yeah. Okay, no. Let's see. no. Let's see who won find out. Now we had two guys that tied for eleven and four. Uh and last place ended up at nine and six and the winner was twelve and three. 
so again, Royce, for the second week in a row, you win the picks. You only lost three games this week. You only lost the Eagles in the Bears game, uh, the Rams in the Broncos, and the Cardinals in the 49ers game on the games that you lost. You went 3-0 and on, on Thursday, so congratulations. I'm not surprised. I told you I had a bro, man. I'm sweeping okay. the rest of the season. Hey, and really, you went eleven and four. The games you uh, the games you missed on, of course, the Cowboys game, uh, the Titans game, the Eagles, and uh, the Colts, uh, the teams that you missed. And I went eleven and four. Also, I missed on the on the uh, Cowboys, the Packers, um, the Colts, and the Cardinals. And chosen, my friends. I know you knew the picks, but man, you're nine and six. It's your second week in a row in the last place. Uh, you missed yeah, on the he Cowboys. Said, he said top the, and bottom uh, and no in the middle, man. Right, yeah. You missed on the Cowboys, the Titans, Eagles, Broncos, Bucks, and Colts. Uh, so, of course, you get everyone to get a chance to redeem themselves on Thursday's show when we get to pick again. And Roy should be picking for the second week uh, first. But, but, so congratulations but let me ask you a question right quick. One quick. What did, what in that did y'all have in common? I think it was the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, I picked the Cowboys. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and, and more goes to it. <laughs> so keep thinking of the Cowboys, and I keep winning. Well, <laughs> well, Royce, well, Royce, you know, you know that could have gone either way now. That could have gone either yeah, way. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I've been in. I've been in there for eight weeks. <laughs> so, hey, what you do? <laughs> I'm not fooling with him. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Now, before uh, before we go, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Monday night game last night. The Forty Niners uh, beat the Cardinals, um, and the Forty Niners on the road. They put up twenty-seven points. They won twenty-seven to six against the Cardinals. Cardinals couldn't get anything done. No touchdowns, only kicked two field goals in the first half. Uh, Derek Anderson had a, a terrible game with 16 for 35, 196 yards. Uh, Troy Smith was decent, 11 and 23, 129 yards, one touchdown. Westbrook was the story for this game, had 23 carries, 136 yards, one TD. Um, and, of course, if you guys don't know, but they lost Frank Gore for the rest of the season. He's out with a hip injury for the rest of the season. It's going to hurt them trying to climb back into the uh, into the West race. But the thing for the story from this game was after the game on this one, too. Now, if you guys haven't seen this already, but Derek Anderson, he, he basically got charged up by a reporter in the crowd. The reporter said, hey, all the fans, including myself, watched you on national football, sitting on the sidelines, cracking jokes, smiling like everything's funny. And the guy asked him, hey, man, what's funny about losing by 18? You know what, what? What's so funny about this? Let's listen right. to that a little bit because I think this is this is classic right here uh, for what happened. This is uh, Derek Anderson's comments after the Monday Night Football game. So what Deuce and I talk about is nobody else's business. It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. Real serious. I, t- I put my heart and soul into this sh- every single week. I'm just telling you right now what I do every single week. Every single week. I put my freaking heart and soul into this. I study my ass off. I don't go out there and laugh. It's not funny. It's 
funny to me. I don't want to go out there and get embarrassed on Monday Night Football in front of everybody. That's why I'm asking. What I'm telling you right now. We're not. We're talking. Deuce and I are talking. What was the context? I'm done. Sorry. I'm, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> there was Derrick Anderson after uh, the reporter basically charged him up about what's so funny on the sidelines when your team was down by 18 points. I like this, man. I like the fact that the uh, that the reporter went ahead and asked him straight up what he felt, what was on his mind. I mean, Royce, what do you think about this exchange? And you think the reporter asked a good question? Yeah, because I, I, I saw it, too. I thought it was kind of uh, odd him sitting over there laughing on the bench, and, and they were losing, you know, uh, and then to come out and say, uh, I wasn't laughing. Yeah, you know, it's okay to laugh. It, you know, he couldn't say the guy told me a joke. I, I saw that too. And if that was his best that he played Monday night, I hate to see his worst because he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, what you think about that exchange? Well, I mean, you know, I think one of the two things is going to happen. You know, he's going to still on do it when he see him outside or he's going to cry when he get in the car. You know, <laughs> one of the two. He was fairly embarrassed about, you know, that guy asking that comment. You know, and, you know, it was a good, it was, I mean, asking that question, it was a good question, you know, I mean, because the guy saw it. So, you know, he's the quarterback of that team. He should be responsible enough to answer the question. You know, he could have, you know, made up something or told them exactly what they was laughing about, whatever it was. You know, could have been one of those, man, we got to laugh, you know, so we don't get mad and pissed off because we're getting our bus left out here. You know, there's no telling what what it was, you know. But I think he was a little little, little sensitive about that and the way that they got beat. I can't say that I that I blame him, you know. And I think he stormed off at the end of that too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. He walked right off. He didn't answer any more questions um, after oh, that. Yeah. I mean, Chosen, what, what are your comments about this? Don't cry when he get in the car. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, basically when – when critics or, or, or the press or the media is, is focusing in on your performance, I, I just think you have to be on your P's and Q's, right. you know, just like celebrities with the paparazzi. Right. And right. they caught him right. with his pants down, and right. he was embarrassed about it. He didn't have a good thing to say. He has a comeback right. Right. rather than loud BS to people. You know, he comes with the, with the, with the violin music. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the dude from, from, from the press was right. You are responsible for playing your role, and you get paid millions of dollars. And the people right. of your city want to see you win. And you're right. It's a right. Monday night football game. You know, you, you just basically have to be on your guard, man. You, you know, nothing's funny about losing uh, like that at all. And I, I think the worst part about it was he was terrible. You know, he, he played horrible that you, night. Right, he's you, horrible. You, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you know, I want to say this. You know, when Jimmy Johnson was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I remember an interview where Jimmy was as red as an apple fresh right. getting picked off the tree, and he said, you see something right. funny? You know, he right. there was nothing funny about losing, and that's the attitude that I think is missing from a lot of NFL teams right now. Right. Yeah, right. You're right. He, he, he even uh, – uh, Fire the guy for sleeping in a, a meeting, remember? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell the truth, though. It didn't seem like that reporter was kind of jugging him a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. He was. He was. He asked. He, he asked the question, and he just, you know, steady going. Well, all I'm saying is, you know. Right. Yeah. So, right. You know, I he saw it on TV. He kind of promoted that. 
Yeah. Right, he did. He, he, he did. But but I, I clearly saw it, and I don't know y'all did too. I thought, you know, that really is hard for him to be over there laughing as hard as he played. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it wasn't that funny in that. You know, yeah, I know. It, it wasn't that funny. Let's got told him he stuck. You know, that was funny. Yeah, man. You 49ers said, didn't you beat know. them. The 49ers literally it, beat them up, man. The worst thing that came out of that game for the 49ers is that they lost Frank Gore. Other than that, man, they went out there and spanked the hell out of them boys. But, but it shows that there that there was a lack of focus, I think. Right, know, right. I think it right, shows right. that there was a lack of focus. Right. In my in my high school days of playing football, if you were losing, you, you knew there was nothing to laugh about because the starters were right. upset if you weren't starting. And then you knew if you weren't starting, uh, you weren't about to get in the game. So, again, right. there's just nothing funny about losing. Uh, right. uh, let's let's welcome on real quick. we got about two minutes left in the program. Uh, our late bloomer, as always, the number one uh, patriot in America. Uh, Chris, you're on the line, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, man. Winning is hard, man, but somebody's got to do it every week. <laughs> I hope everybody stay with as glorious as mine with a win. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think it was, man. Some of y'all had a pretty hard turn today. But it's all good, man. Maybe y'all have a better postseason, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's see. I don't know if you heard some of the comments about uh, Derek Anderson, but I want, I want you to make sure you, you own the show for a length, uh, a long period of time next Thursday because we're going to discuss, uh, and this is a preview for next Thursday, but we're going we're gonna to discuss Rex Ryan and how much trash he talks to the Patriots. Now, Rex Ryan ain't scared of the Patriots. He talks about Belichick. He talks about Brady. So we're going to get into a little audio from that on Thursday. Are you going to be around for that show? Yeah, I'll be around for that show, man. I mean, I, I, I hate to hear all the anti-patriotism comments and everything that have been said. You know what I mean? <laughs> Y'all need to be more patriotic in a time like nowadays instead of being anti-patriotic, man. Quit being so jihad and, and tea party, man, and be a little old Obamaism. You know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> Well, you know what, Chris, uh, today, you know, the last couple of days, it's been all kind of secret leaks come out. If the leak came out, the better check was cheaper. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just teasing you. Uh-huh. I'm just teasing with you, Chris. Yeah, I'm just teasing with you, Chris. They called him a short cheater. I'm just going to no, true enough, we lost the Super Bowl, but that next year, after everybody called us cheaters, there wasn't nobody that beat us. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that next Thursday. I want to thank everybody for uh, for listening to the show tonight. We got about thirty seconds left. I want to thank everybody that was on the show: LeBron James, D Wade, Jason Kidd, uh, Mav GM, Johnny Nelson, uh, also Karan Bella and Dirk uh, for their audio for the show tonight. It was a good show. I want to thank everybody for calling in. All the callers. We'll see you guys on Thursday where we will talk about Rex Ryan versus. Bill Belichick. We'll analyze that to the fullest. And Chris will be on for about an hour with us on that show. So <laughs> you guys stay tuned for that. Until then, we'll see you guys uh, on Thursday. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.